Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And this is a very, very, very exciting edition of the bandwagon. We have the OG3 here on the show with PC Tunney, David Ungar, you know, the lawyer, Mr. Saturday Night himself. Of course, you know, the local resident curmudgeon, Patrick O'Dowd is here. And we are joined for the first time in my presence, not his first time on the bandwagon, but from... The Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a podcast I hear is good but have never listened to. We've got DJ back on the show. DJ, we're going to get this out of the way early just, just so that you can get used to it. I know you got to warm up. I haven't been on the soundboard since you've been on the show. So welcome, everyone. Welcome, audience. Welcome, DJ. That, that, there it is. There it is. Okay, excellent. Oh, point of fact. No, while we're booing people, do you mind? And I know you like to boo him anyway. Do you mind if I boo Ray because he beat me in trivia today? Listen to that this week on Chairshot Radio Network. So this is yeah, for sure. Ray. You can you can boo. Thanks. Him. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me just throw in a you suck. Well, when the questions are all focused on women's gymnastics, I mean, what do you expect? Ray's going to beat your ass, honey. WNB Ray. <laughs> Water sports. Water polo. Singer and I swim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So this uh, this episode might be a long time coming, and I, I gotta say, I I've, I'm gonna do something just for the bandwagon, uh, so that everybody knows what's up. I, and in order to do it, I gotta adjust my settings for a little bit. So I'm gonna ask you guys to bear with me. So just to get things going, DJ, welcome to the program. How are things? What have you been up to? Because uh, if I don't have you talk, then I have to let tony talk about like saturday night live and he, he could do that for like hours uh first of all guys thank you for having me back uh patrick tony dave good to see the two of you that i've actually talked to before patrick first time you know seeing you face to face 
you and I have interacted a lot. Um, aside from just trying to run my own podcast, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, which again can be found as part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Um, just life, man. It, it's been a rough few weeks at work. And uh, you know, I've got two kids getting ready to turn 18. I've got a conference coming up next weekend. So I'm all over the road. I may be manic today, just as a warning. Well, okay. Hey, and you mentioned that we've had some interactions, uh, you know, off, you know, in, as part of the bandwagon nerds chat. And I wanted to make sure that I was fully ready for this because we 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 have some 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 gaps in, in feels and, and opinions. And so, in order to do that, I brought something just for the show. Um, I brought some. Aberfeldy uh, Highland Single Melt Scotch Whiskey. And I don't know if you've heard, my kitchen's under renovation, so I actually am just going to fill the pint glass. <laughs> We're just going to open that up right here. So hold it up like so. And, you know, so there you go. That's, you know, what, like three doubles maybe in there? Oh, keep tripping. Uh, I'm going to finish you my get, You got to ring that bottle out, pal. Right, I know. Gotta make it count. I think I think that's it. I, I've, yeah, I've got we'll him drinking some heavy duty alcohol. I don't know if I should pop for myself over that or what. Well, I, if you're going to talk about how good the Snyderverse is at any point in the show today, I got to have this ready because I, I you're wrong. <laughs> I, I've actually been looking forward to this meeting for a long time. I know they joked the first time I was on here, like you're never going to get an invite. I was kind of hoping I would, whether I have to, you know, stand on the bench and defend myself or. Or we just well, agree to disagree. Uh, you, it's you, you, it's it's definitely going to end in me playing some of my favorite. I, like I'll play some of my favorite sound bites, like just wrong, happens, wrong, like this wrong, one. Wrong, like this wrong, would be in your future. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Um, you're wrong. Because you're I do, wrong, I do rule wrong. the bandwagon with kind of an iron fist when I'm on the show. It's like when I don't show up. That's when Dave gets to do whatever he wants for change. Uh, he does his best to let the inmates run the asylum in my absence, and it hurts my feelings. And when I, when neither of us are here, you get robotic vagina. So I'm just going to throw that, that out there true. for you That is true. The robotic vagina episode did happen while neither of us were present. And the less said about the robotic vagina episode, the better. <laughs> the streak continues, by the way. The streak <laughs> continues. You're welcome. It did It did continue. You did continue the streak, Mr. Mark Calloway. So there you go. There is that. There is that. We we have been we've been on how many consecutive weeks? Have we ever missed a week never. since the show started? Not yet. Ever, never. Never. So and we're we're trucking along into like year three or four. I've lost count. It's it's all a blur. I I I've trouted out with this Scott. Is our year? Right, Tony? We I think we've completed we've completed. I don't know. Gosh. Yeah. We're in like 160 some episodes, so yeah, we're out, we're over three years. We're in year four. So here's the thing about this week's episode and why why it could get off the rails, just depending on where the conversation goes. Not much happened in the nerdosphere this week, really, in terms of like news. So much so that I flipped our typical rundown around. In that usually, and we are we you know of course the big thing that happened this week. Mandalorian is back, third season. We got the first episode. We are going to talk about that episode. Uh, and usually the typical MO for the bandwagon is that we would do the we would do that first. Like we would kick off the episode with the show that we're covering. The problem is, is I was sitting there trying to be like, well, what are we going to talk about this week? And when I'm sitting there looking at the biggest news 
being casting like three casting decision news bits for different comic book properties or animated properties hitting upcoming like theatrical releases or HBO Max releases. That's not a strong end to a show. So I flipped what I figured would be the strongest piece of the show. That being a conversation about the 25 minutes that was the Mandalorian's season premiere. And we'll get into, you know, what that episode did and all of that. We'll also get into some of the reactions because I've come to this conclusion and you guys can agree or disagree. It's fine. I've given up on anybody else's opinion about something because everybody's so pre-mad and is predisposed to be disappointed in it that it's kind of become pointless to follow along with this. It took you this long long to get there. (laughs) Welcome, Patrick. Welcome. Well, it's not even, but but here's the thing is like, even for things that, you know, you could count on, like we're going to talk about one of my favorite shows on Apple TV plus I'm already like mentally readying myself for everybody to be mad at it for, for reasons. And it's, it's bizarre that this is what it is. Like at least watch something and declare it terrible, like Zack Snyder's justice league or, you know, the rise of Skywalker, like watch it, know that they're objectively terrible and then rip on it and talk about how bad it is. I just, I I don't get it, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Tony, what, what, why you laughing? It's true. It's wrong. It's like, it's like we know the flashback. We know the flashpoint's going to be terrible. We can't even. The last it, season of The Flash on CW has just started. It's really, really well. They're four weeks in. You know, make sure you check it out. Yeah, that's good. The last, of, but, the last of Grant Gustin, the real Flash. Right, because the fake Flash uh, is doing a movie where uh, the marketing know, is so desperate to get it. you to. But, but it's only because uh, it's they've. Be they've They've twisted your nostalgia nerve, though. Oh. They're like, look, it's Michael Keaton, everybody. And everybody's like, yeah, Michael <sighs> Keaton's back. He's bad, bad. I was going to go see it. I love, I love whiskey drinking, Patrick, by the way. I was going to say, to see D- it out of DJ. seeing how they tie everything up and relaunch the whole thing. Like, if this is supposed to be the springboard into whatever James Gunn's doing next, um, I'll watch it for that because it does close the door on what was left of the Snyderverse and supposedly opens up a whole new a whole new chapter. So for those reasons, even if it stinks, I'm going to go see Flashpoint. It's going to be good. I did want to say, I think it is too. I like how DJ comes on the show and it's like the first time Patrick's been drinking scotch on air in like a year. (laughs) I pre, I pre, I pre-gamed this. I set this up just for this show because I, I just, I'm just going to say based on some DMS, (laughs) I'm I'm kind of feeling powerful right now. Like, like I have that kind oh, of no, power no, no. that he's got to Patrick to drink DJ way to go, man. No, I'm just, I am mentally <laughs> preparing myself for the, I've got to drink the pain away. Uh, this is also again, because my basketball team is trash. We talked about this. So we'll talk about this tomorrow on hockey talk, but uh, my basketball team is trash right now and it's hurting my feelings. Anyway, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make an appearance on hockey talk. I know you guys already recorded it, but I'm going to make it happen. We well, recorded that whole thing. I think you did. I, I see. The- you're, you're on the hockey talk, yeah. dude. No, I'm going to make it happen. Right, because we recorded you. Yeah, yeah. You're already there. You already made it happen on the podcast. They, they, no, guys, no, no. You don't get this. You don't get this. I, I was going to be time. I K Fabe, Tony. K Fabe. <laughs> it's okay. In Patrick's, yeah. In Patrick's case, for sure, it is K Fabe. Patrick has been drinking like three sips. 
Same good scotch. I didn't break out the good scotch for you, DJ. I'm sorry. You're not that important. <laughs> That's uh, all right. Like, I'm not top shelf anyway, pal. <laughs> you brought out the Johnny Walker uh, red for you, DJ. There you go. Johnny, why are you drinking Johnny Walker ever? Never, ever, ever. Actually, ever. I actually got into an argument. Like, I had to back one of my buddies at the bowling alley um, the other day because he's he's the manager, and the people at the bar were trying to convince him that Johnny Walker was not a scotch. And I mean, it's not a good scotch, but technically, by the letter of the law, it, it was distilled in in the Scotland. Ergo, really, anyway. So. There we go. See, red breast, single. I can't see. Yep. Scotch for 12 years. Very Irish nice. Whiskey, yeah. Well done. Okay. So what we are going to do is we, I did, I kind of, I don't know if I cheated a little bit, but I did kind of load up the trailer park, give us a lot to talk about. One of these trailers that I put on last minute because I randomly saw while searching a different trailer. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch this. Cause it had Mark Hamill in the trailer and I was like anything with Mark Hamill, I'm, I'm going to check it out. And so I recorded that and that one then made the rundown, but uh, we're going to do the trailer park first, take our commercial break, talk about some news, and then we will wrap with the Mandalorian today. That'll be the show. Put the fucking banjo away, Tony. It does not get played by you. David Ungar, as usual, you know what you need to do. You need to cue up that beautiful banjo and play it. So do the honors, sir. We should warn DJ that certain sound effects you will not hear until post-production because technological issues notwithstanding. He he seems like a, I mean, bad movie opinions notwithstanding. He he doesn't seem stupid. Like, you figure it out. And I've been on the DWI podcast a couple times and it's been kind of a Yeah, Dave Dave is is post-production and Tony is sound bites he has. Not unless they're going to pay me. Shit, Tony, you going to pay me? I'll do post-production for DWI. I don't know. We don't do. We just we don't do any editing on that show anymore. There's no editing on DWI. Yeah, it's it's like eight and a half years. Fuck it. Hit record and roll. Mm-hmm. That's like the Mindless Wrestling podcast. I I all I do is remove the video from the audio and send it to Tony. Nice. All right. Let's get into it. We'll start with the first trailer. I just referenced it. So I'm I'm pulling together YouTube trailer clips because the links are smaller when I copy and paste YouTube trailer clips as opposed to anywhere else that you can find them. And as I'm going through my search, YouTube, like any other good algorithm, is like, hey, check this video out. And there's this picture of Mark Hamill, beloved Mark Hamill, and comedian Burt. Kreischer, is that how you pronounce this dude's name? I do not follow this dude. He's the guy who, I guess, does his stand-up shirtless. And, I mean, Tony seems to love him. So, I, I have a feeling. But apparently, he did a bit, like, eight years ago, 
where he talks about the story of himself becoming the machine. And Tony is now flabbergasted that I've never heard of this uh, and that I've never checked out. Have, any of, you out seen, have you, any of you seen his stand up or seen the special he had on Netflix or just seen that part of the routine where he does? on? Oh, my goodness. OK, you guys have homework. OK, it's not going to take you long, but just go find at least him doing the stand up part of the machine. It's hilarious. He's hilarious. He just did a Netflix special. It's hilarious. I want more Burt Kreischer. Patrick, I know I hijacked you were talking. This is my take. It looks great. I love it. I can't wait. So anyway, uh, Tony's already going to go see this at the theater, probably in 3D, because he needs to see it in 3D. He'll file a complaint. He'll request it to be in 3D, maybe IMAX, so that he can get all of Kreischer's belly uh, on the screen. He wants all that belly. He likes. He wants to rub up against that furry mound of human flesh right there something wrong with this motor both those breasts so it's not true you're anyway so from what i understand this this routine which is the is the foreground uh, of this movie 20 years later has come back to to haunt burt kreischer it it, because he got caught up in the like in the russian mob while on a summer like summer internship is what it appears to be the story. He like steal uh, Tony saying no, so or a summer trip. Tell us the story, Tony. Just explain it since you enjoy, you know, this large mound of of man <laughs> in, in his in his furry hey, chest. If you want to see Burt Kreischer wax his asshole, just tune into the Netflix special. Okay, dead serious. Um, so anyway, he was on a he was on a, a student trip abroad and it was all it was all uh, chaperoned and everything and then they had this one russian guy there who was supposed to help them along the way well it turns out it was part of the russian mob and he doesn't know any better and he goes and starts drinking with them and he can drink way more than they think and they call him the machine and it's all pretty much a true story but the premise of this is that he took her grand uh the one of these rich guys uh, pocket watches and now they're after him and his family or whoever and that's where the whole story ensues 20 some years later throw in mark hamill i mean this is fucking this is pretty good right and hamill plays his father in, in this movie and I, I'll, I'll be honest like the trailer on the strength of mark hamill alone is enough to pique my interest is it a i'm gonna go to the theater and see it pique my interest or is it wait till it's on streaming pique my interest Probably option B, but it looked hilarious. Dave, what did you think uh, of this this trailer for the machine? At first, I was like, "What? What, what is Pat? What hidden gem has Patrick found here?" And then, as soon as I saw Mark Hamill, I was like, "There it is!" And uh, yeah, once once you watch, I mean, coked out Mark Hamill. I mean, come on, you know, really, yes. what else can you say about that? It it looks. This one actually looks like, I, I mean, and I showed it to my wife and she's watching it with me. And she's like, oh, that looks good. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know what to think of it at first. But after watching that trailer, I'm like, okay. I, I love him trying, you know, there's certain things he says in there. What's wrong with the shirt? Well, you've gained weight like the rest of us. His uh, attempt to kip up like Drew McIntyre or anybody ends miserably badly. Uh, so it was, uh, I, I. Wait, Dave, hold on a sec. Drew McIntyre, that's the wrestler you well, go with for Kip Up? 
Sean. You when the most fa- th- thank you. You're you're in your fifties. Oh, maybe you he's go going modern Mac day. Mac? I'm going modern. Going modern yeah, but Dave's nine hundred years old. Why wouldn't you go with the goat? He's trying. Kick- he's trying. He's trying to he- be woke. Uh, no. He's, well, just, okay. Anyway, you trying know, to appeal to a niche audience. Yes, guys. I'm right. saying he's so old. He's just trying to be awake. It, or not dead. But anyway, I, I did like I did like this trailer, so I'm I'm definitely very interested in this one. DJ, what about you? What did you think of the machine? Oh, the first half of the trailer, I was like, well, I'm not going to have much to talk about. The second half of the trailer got my attention. Uh, all the good stuff really looks like it's going to be coming from Mark Hamill. I I probably like you. I won't go see it in the theater, but I'll probably check it out on streaming just if for no other reason, just to hear him say motherfuckers again. Right. I, I popped. I, I did. I did make sure. I did make sure to give you guys the red band trailer. Will you guys, Tony? Will you guys promise me one thing? Since you're going to watch this movie, at least find the clip of him doing the stand-up on what this movie's about before you watch the movie, please. We'll need some context, I'd imagine. I'll take it under consideration. I'll put it this way: if you watch it, I guarantee you'll watch the whole stand-up, and you'll find the other stand-up, and you'll find the special. This guy is really good. I mean, I clearly the guy's successful. He's been around forever. But um, yeah, I, I plan on getting the contacts. Absolutely. So, all right, let's move on to our next one. Dave, I actually picked this one out. And I think DJ will appreciate this one too. I picked this one out for you though, specifically, Dave. Because, not because you love this, like what the subject matter of this documentary is about, but you can't tell me that as a Star Wars fan, the mythology behind the Star Wars holiday special doesn't get you, get you in the heart a little bit. So this trailer, this trailer is a documentary. It's called A Disturbance in the Force. And it is all about the story behind the making of the infamous Star Wars holiday special where somehow the entire cast... <laughs> gets to go to Chewbacca's homeworld to celebrate his life day. And it's, by all accounts, I've never seen this special. By all accounts, it's horrible. Just, just horrible. I um, Go ahead, man. But it's also picked up that because it's so horrible and has been one of those, like, no one speak of this, we're now at this place where it's taken on a mythology and we have a documentary talking about the making of and i can't i like i'm interested to see how the reaction is at sxsw and i'm interested to see when i can get my hands on this to check it out the um holiday special is is very bad i think think i've seen it once and you know it came out in 78 the year after star wars came out and star wars of course was still all the rage and everybody was just desperate for anything star wars related so People dressing up in Star Wars costumes, dancing like it's a mix of Star Wars, Broadway and vaudeville. And you it's 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 a cataclysmic train wreck of the utmost proportions. And even me as a 10 year old at that point, DJ, you were probably what, like six or seven or something by then. Uh, I'm like, what the hell is this? And <laughs> it's just I think I've seen it once and that was more than enough for me. But I am I am curious to see this documentary about it to say you know how Lucasfilm, I mean, even Lucasfilm was kind of against this whole thing coming out, but it was a cash grab, and and it and it worked in that respect. But yeah, it, it needs to be stricken from the uh, Star Wars record, I think, as anything resembling canon in any any fashion. 
But yeah, the documentary looks like it's going to be fun to kind of take a deeper look into the greatest train wreck in a galaxy far, far away of all time. Even, now, DJ, even worse than ever, Rise of Skywalker. There you now, go. now, DJ, have you ever seen the, the holiday special? Have you witnessed this? I have not. Uh, I was born in 73, so around 78, I was only five. I didn't actually watch A New Hope until it was on HBO for the first time. Uh, so oh, that's okay. that's how long it took me to get into the, the Star Wars fandom. So by that point, the the infamy of what was the uh, the holiday special had come and gone. I missed that boat on that. And it's definitely something that has become famous for being infamous. Uh, but that being said, I am curious because you you hear how bad it was and having never seen it. Um, I have no no basis for comparison. So definitely, you know, I love these documentary things like the one show on Netflix that had me roped in for a while was the movies that made us. And mm. this seems like the same kind of vein. Um, you know, what happened? How did this happen? Why did it happen? And why did it go so horribly sideways? Is it, this has my attention. Definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I love the movies that made us. I love the toys that made us as well. If you haven't checked out that series. That's a great one. Tony, it's all star Wars. Does this count? Yeah, sure. I mean, even Carrie Fisher's, I think, got the uh, the one, you know, saying th this is just absolutely horrible, you know, and people asking, like you said before, like, I can't believe this, they're letting this happen and letting this being made. So if nothing less, just to see a large majority of some of the worst things that happened during it and see how hokey it was, it looks like it was pretty hokey. Um, I. I'm here for it, especially when you get people like Carrie Fisher telling you how it was. So you're probably going to get a lot more analysis like that's going to be the valuable part of it. And it, like you said, it's all Star Wars. It's it's a it's a time and place and that history of of this grand thing that we celebrate so much. Side question. And Dave, I know you said you saw the holiday special. Was it as bad or worse than those two Ewoks spinoff movies we got? Did you guys see the Ewok spinoff movies? Oh, the yeah. made for TV movies? Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's comparable. It's right. It's, it's those right terrible. in the same ilk as the as the uh, Caravan I mean, of Courage no, and the other one. Yeah, they're, Battle they're, for Endor. Those, those two those two specials were designed for little little kids too. Like it's it's one of the things that I think a lot of adult Star Wars fans forget, and I even have to remind myself is that we're not really the target audience for. So, so some of this fair and for you know George Lucas long talked about it being something for children as opposed to what fans who just kind of stuck with it and and, and ran with it uh and really kind of wouldn't allow Lucas to kind of make what he thought he should make like we weren't going to accept that uh because and, and it was by Lucas's own doing by the way because he used to hand out that Star Wars license like it was candy. And so when he would throw out that license and people would write books like Heir to the Empire or, you know, the Thrawn trilogy or all of these other like the the kind of quote unquote extended universe before there was an extended universe that allowed a fandom to then not accept, I don't know, pod racing, um, Anakin Skywalker, boring political stories, unless you're Tony. Who accepts it all. Um, accepts it all. It's yes, because it's all Star Wars. But uh, my last question on this particular <laughs> trailer: Do you think we ever get the Star Wars Holiday Special on Disney Plus? And here's why I ask that question. I'll even, I'll even, 
If you go to Disney World, and I don't know if you can do this at Disneyland, Dave, at their Galaxy's Edge. At Galaxy's Edge on the holidays, you know what you could buy? You could buy Chewbacca Life Day Funko Pops and plush dolls and Happy Life Day shirts all in the holiday season. So even in its infamy, the holiday special has found a marketing place at Disney. And they own this shit. So does this eventually hit Disney Plus? Uh, I don't see any reason why not. You can watch this right now if you want to on YouTube. It's there. <laughs> Hour and 37 minutes. You can watch the holiday special to your heart's content. I don't see Disney Plus, Disney ever going down this path. It's like, why? Why would they why would they do that? I because in Disney's mind, it's not all Star Wars. <laughs> So I, I I don't know, but I I can't see it ever going to Disney Plus. They've got they've I mean, they're got not Warner Brothers. It's not like they're it's not like they're selling content off to the lowest bidder. Tony, your microphone is up, so uh, you're saying words we can't hear them. That's very true. Uh, isn't this it though? Isn't this what they wanted to do with it? Well, this isn't a Disney documentary. You know, oh, what it's I mean? not. Like, this is no, this is an independent documentary. Disney it's didn't not. make this. Nope. Uh, it's, yeah, it's independent. Yeah, because it's playing Disney at the. List? Yes, we do. We have oh, okay. two things Disney on the list. Uh, oh, that's SXX... why. Sorry, that got confused. SXSW is a is a film festival. It's an independent <clears throat> film festival. So a lot of these films actually don't have distributors yet. I almost want to uh, rewatch so this train wreck. I almost want to rewatch this train wreck all of a sudden. Just to why don't we review it? it up on YouTube, kids. Why don't we review it? Because that means I have to watch the Star Wars holiday special, and I actually kind of don't want to. Oh, let me keep the legend. Hey, it's not all about you and your content, you know, boss. What I just said, so, oh, I don't go, whatever. Yeah, yeah, there just, was tone. Just I got it, tone. You know, I've, got it, it, I've got it going right now. The YouTube oh, preview, there was <laughs> definitely tone there, sir. No, there was, you know, how like YouTube previews, uh, I definitely things, won't be watching it to review. I have tile grout throughout my entire house that needs cleaning. So. Just, just the previews, like I have, back I have a root memories. canal I need yeah. to get done. Yeah. Um, all right. Let you know, Tony brought it up. Let's let's get into Disney a little bit here. Uh, Disney released a couple of trailers. Uh, the first one we're going to cover and talk about today is the next live action version of a property they've made an animated film for. This one, Peter Pan and Wendy. It is another telling of the Peter Pan story. I think it was Aesop in our chat talked about how they just can't seem to make a good Peter Pan movie. Most people argue that Hook is the best uh, Peter Pan movie ever made. I'm kind of indifferent to this movie. I'm more fascinated by the people who are very, very angry that a fictional creature, uh, a.k.a. a fairy known as Tinkerbell, uh that there was the uh, the audacity to make them black instead of a white blonde woman, and that that's just again Disney's just too woke by making mythological creatures any color other than white. Uh, while at the same time also getting praised on the other hand from the Native American community because they cast Native Americans for Tiger Lily and the Native American characters, and so to me it's the story around the Peter Pan and Wendy movie that is more interesting than the, than the actual movie itself. So 
Paul, uh, I'll start with DJ this time. Your thoughts on the trailer? I think the movie looks fine for what it is. Um, and, and any of the, the sort of fake controversies that are surrounding this movie? Um, it's a Disney movie. It's a recreation. And I don't think they've missed on a lot of their live action recreations. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we enjoyed Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Lion King, we enjoyed, uh, what was the other one? Jungle Book. So I have a feeling, at least from a production standpoint and an execution standpoint, they'll hit a home run. I have almost no interest in seeing another Peter Pan movie. So the chances of me seeing it are almost nil. As far as the the controversy surrounding the casting and things like that, welcome to 2023. This is what people do now. It's Even if the movie is amazing, they're going to find something. And again, we're, we're breathing heavy over the, as you put it, the, the, the casting of a mythical creature. Like, is it that important? I mean, we cast, Hook cast, uh, what's her name? And I thought she was a terrible Tinkerbell. Julia, Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Julia Roberts. Really? That's, I couldn't come up with the name. I thought she was, that. she was, for me, was the worst part of the film. And I enjoyed Hook. Yeah, I uh, I never really cared. I didn't care for the Tinkerbell story within Hook as well. I, um, just kind of where they took it. But um, I, I wanted to go back to one of the things you said. I've, I've long argued that these uh, live action Disney films aren't the abomination that old folks seem to think they are. And uh, I even point out, I think the Lion King, it's interesting. You mentioned, you mentioned the Lion, the Lion King, the Lion King. I argue if the original animated film from the nineties didn't exist, people would talk about this newer version, the way that they talk about this old one. So I'm actually quite high on that one. I, we enjoyed Jungle Book as well. I, I was never like a big fan of the original. Oh yeah, Jungle, Jungle Book. Was, Book. Uh, the Favre, the Favre Jungle Book is, is yeah. pretty good as well. Yeah, it's very and very good. Tell me when they got into the cave with King Louis and all them, and they panned around at all the junk, and you saw the cowbell. Yep. T- 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 tell me you popped for the cowbell. I got a fever. I laugh. And my girlfriend and I started laughing at the same time because as they're panning around, I'm seeing all the junk and I'm waiting for it. And I'm waiting for right. it. All of a sudden, she elbows me just as it comes into camera view. And like nobody else in the theater got the joke. I was very disappointed in that fact. Yeah, it was very, it was very, very good. So, Tony, you're going to watch this one in 3D, right? You're going to be there front row. Well, I like to sit. The the, I like to sit in the back row, right in the middle. And yeah, I what think if, I um, am. I think I am going to go see this actually because it's a different telling of the story. It's not. Like, I think Hook was the post-Wendy story. This is the Wendy story. And I don't think you actually have gotten that on recently in a movie. In addition, you guys, Jude Law is playing Hook. Jim Gaffigan is Smee. Uh, who else? Alan Tudyk is Mr. Darling. And Yara Shahidi is the one who's playing Tinkerbell. She is the oldest daughter from Blackish. She is absolutely gorgeous. Um, this is going to be excellent. This is This is going to be really cool. This is going to be... As good as Hook, in my opinion. We'll see if it surpasses it or not. I'll definitely let you know. And yeah, this will be really cool to watch in 3D if you think about it and see what you from what you've seen from this trailer. So honestly, I was not looking forward to watching this trailer. But yes, I'm all in now and actually will go spend some money to watch this in 3D at the theater if available. Dave is already rolling his eyes. That's fine. So That's up to shit him. on the trailer, Dave. Shit on the Whatever. trailer. You already, know, you already know that I am 
I don't hate the live action remakes. I'm just indifferent to all of them. You know, I, I don't I don't care one way or the other. I, I you know, the animated ones are where my heart is going to be. And, and yeah, I mean, some of the live action stuff has been better than others. I, I'm not one of these older guys like you're saying, Pat, who just thinks they're an abomination. I just I don't care. I, I'm just indifferent to it. So that's how I felt about this one, too. It's like, OK, cool. Retelling of the Peter Pan story. Different people. I don't give two shits about the casting controversy, whatever. Like like you guys are saying, people are going to shit on casting no matter what you do. It could be God could cast things and people would still shit on it. So that's just the era that we live in now. But as far as the movie itself, uh, all right. Kay, to use uh, your words, Dave. Pat. Clearly, clearly. You heard it here first. Uh, Dave hates Peter Pan and everything to do with it. Oh, so I... I do not hate Peter Pan. I hooks one of my favorite movies. I love hook. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get to a trailer that I'm actually very excited about. Uh, probably because the little O'Dowd is really excited about it. And anytime the little O'Dowd gets excited, I got to get excited. So for anybody who's listening to me talk about our forays into Walt Disney world, you know that the little O'Dowd's favorite movie our favorite ride is the haunted mansion. And Disney has tried on more than one occasion to make Haunted Mansion a thing on the screen. There was the Eddie Murphy film that uh, came out in the early 2000s, right? That was very, very mad. Oh, look who showed up because he heard me say something about the Haunted Mansion. The little yeah. O'Dowd. This is uh, this is DJ. You can't, he, he can't, you can't hear him, but he's... I uh, can't hear that's right. I got you. I, I have the headphones. Anyway, I was completely uninvited. You were completely yeah, uninvited. Dad, completely uninvited. Are you running away right away? Because we're going to talk about the Haunted Mansion trailer. Uh, give me a second. He's going to come back in a second. While he's gone, he'll be back. You can show him when he comes back. Um, let's first of all, they've tried a couple of times to make this a thing. They did the movie with Eddie Murphy that was kind of meh. Uh, it's harmless for what it is. Again, the little O'Dowd kind of enjoys it. They did a a special, a Muppets Haunted Mansion special that is surprisingly cute. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, where Gonzo and Rizzo get lost in the mansion. And Rizzo is uh, caught up by the bride and being uh, tempted to uh, to stay forever. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Will Arnett's in it. He plays, uh, plays a character. They, they do a whole story behind it. This one, however is let's just say let's just say it's it's embracing the horror side of it which i think is very very interesting and there was a lot of you but without like it embraces the horror side of things yet it still had those classic elements from the haunted mansion in it and some of our favorites like the stretching room oh he's dead he's down he hit his elbow uh he hit above his elbow. Very, very specific. But anyway, if he recovers fast enough, I'll let him tell us his favorite things that he saw from the Haunted Mansion trailer before I kick him out of the room for everybody else. So, little doubt, crawl your carcass up here. First of all, PC Tunny wanted to show you something. So, Lego Mandalorian helmet. Very nice. Approved. What, what did you enjoy? What did you enjoy seeing out of the Mandalorian? Or not the Mandalorian. No. <laughs> A haunted mansion trailer. Well, I like the bride showing up and the hat box ghost. The hat box ghost, which the I hat can't. Box ghost mainly. The hat box ghost mainly. I uh, I can't wait for them to uh, 
to return the character to um to the Disney World version of Haunted Mansion. I hear he's he's in Disneyland. They're bringing him to Disney World. So very very exciting stuff. All right, gentlemen, around the horn. Let's start this time with our resident Disney expert, David Ungar, to talk about his thoughts on the Haunted Mansion trailer. Oh yeah, I mean, my son was. I think he was the one who actually broke this. He sent it to me first. I sent it on to you guys. Uh, and I mean, if there's a Disney expert who probably puts us all to shame, it's him. And he, uh, but yeah, the trailer looks great. The cast is fantastic. I mean, th- that's the big difference between this and the other iterations is with all due respect, Eddie Murphy, you got Owen Wilson, you got Rosario Dawson, you've got Danny DeVito. You've got, uh, this kid who looks like he's very talented. You've got lots of little nods to the rides. Like you're saying the hat box goes, you know, that's, that's a big thing and how they're going to integrate that. You got the stretching room. It looks funny. Um, you know, the guy saying, you know, I, I, you know, I've got no interest in this. How about for $10,000? What's the address? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, Owen Wilson saying how people are going to be where they're going to be more dead than they already were. You know, there's, so there's a lot of little funny things about this. Looks, this looks very promising. Um, yeah, this one, I, I definitely want to check this one out. And I think, I think maybe they're on the right track to, you know, I mean, they've, they've tried this with other rides, Jungle Cruise, notably that sort of thing. But uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, of course, is, is the one that has succeeded. But this one looks like it's got a lot of potential. So I'm very interested in it. DJ, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, we're definitely going to go see this one in the theater. Uh, my girlfriend's the resident horror in 3D? You know, expert of the house. In 3D, DJ, or front row? Oh, probably not in 3D. She can't. I do 3D almost anything. She can't handle it, so it probably won't be in 3D. But uh, yeah, it looks fun. Um, it, it, uh, again, I like the fact that they do seem to have incorporated some of the ride into it, and hopefully it's not just like a... Hopefully it makes sense in the context of the story and not just something they shoehorned in for a hey, look moment. I sure hope they didn't. It looks like he's got a bigger role in in the uh, in the film than than just a, a one off. So fingers crossed there. Tony, your thoughts on the trailer for the Haunted Mansion? I mean, Winona Ryder, Rosario Dawson, Ryan Gosling, Dan Levy, Danny DeVito, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto, Tiffany uh. Haddish. And Owen Wilson. I don't, even, I don't think he even. And he I'm can leaving ruin out. This I'm leaving out other really good actors and actresses that are in this movie. I guess I gotta see it. If it's in 3D, I'll go even go see it in the theater. There's some cool shit what that do, could happen in a mansion like that. What do you guys think about Disney sort of leaning further into the horror element of the haunted mansion as opposed to what they've done the last couple of times? Uh, it's you know, still seems to have that family element to it, Rosario Dawson and her son. But this is definitely a darker take than what we've seen out of Disney in the past. It's okay. I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, the Haunted Mansion is supposed to be... It, the Haunted Mansion is one of those rides that, that it, it's it's difficult to categorize because it's very family-oriented and it's, and it's a dark ride. <laughs> and it's supposed to be scary elements to it, even though there's comedic stuff wrapped around it. But... You know, I mean, there's parts you go in that graveyard and those all those ghosts and, and you know, fly around and the, and the caretaker with his dog shaking and that sort of thing. That's supposed to be scary. Hatbox ghosts supposed to be scary. So I, I like the fact that they're making this a little bit darker and not just so campy and, and just straight for the kids. So I'm I'm fine with it. I think that's it's probably a good idea. The other stuff hasn't worked so well. So let's go in a different direction. DJ, Tony, any thoughts there? 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, I think your average kid can handle something a little bit scarier. I don't know if you guys ever saw Monster House that came out, what, probably about 18, oh, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago. That, for, for the target audience, it was pretty scary. I mean, it had some good jump scares in there. So I think kids, my kids loved it. So And they were four and five at the time. So, you know, I definitely think, uh, I think it's a good move. It's a bold move for sure, but I like it. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Tony. I, was I mean, when it's when it's leaning into the comedic side of horror as well, it, it's more easy to lend itself to the family side as opposed to your even your even your violent horror without all the blood and guts. You know, you, you, there's a few of them there, but that's less family. So, yeah, when you throw that comedy in there and the cast, too. Right. Like this is a big ass. Right. cast. This is a this is a big time cast. You this know is, what kind of vibe? Oh, sorry. I keep no, you're good. That's fine. I was that's pretty much but, Right. Well, you know what kind of vibe uh, this really gives me. Do you guys remember? Uh, I don't know if you'll remember it, Tony or Dave or DJ. Uh, do you remember something Wicked This Way Comes? The that film. Vaguely. Uh, so one, go check it out because it's dark Disney. And I think we, the thing that's great about Disney is when they can, when they go dark, they can do it very, very well. I got a lot of that sort of vibe from that trailer like something wicked this way comes i love very very much and you can watch it on disney plus it's worth the watch but it's dark disney and dark disney can be great stuff i, I mean when you look at the balance like sleeping beauty is one of my favorite animated films of all time and it's because it very adeptly balances that dark element of uh, maleficent the dragon the, the castle the gothicism with the princess story that that they're famous for. And so I think I, I think this has potential to be really, really good. I, I agree. Yeah. All right. Last trailer in here. First of all, who do I have to chastise for not watching Ted Lasso? Who is not what okay, there's one. DJ Shame. Dave, you still haven't watched Ted Lasso or did you finally I, watch it? I'm still going through it, but yeah, I'm watching it. So partial shame. Still going. Partial shame. I'm not done yet. Funny, I know you have. We got our trailer. We've gotten two quick teasers for season three of Ted Lasso, um, and it comes back March fifteenth. So as of this recording, here it is the fifth. When recording, we're just a week and a half away from the premiere of Ted Lasso. Brett Goldstein, Bill Lawrence, they they seem to be bulletproof right now with their Apple TV Plus series. I'm very very excited for season three of Ted Lasso. It, it looks like this is a culmination of a series, which is what they've said for a long time was going to be the show um, and going to be what happened. Here we are. Um, thoughts on this trailer? Go. Tony, we'll start with you. They're, well, it's the last season. They're pretty much giving you what you want. There'll probably be some little twist towards the, what is the, how many episodes are there? Eight? So the sixth episode there'll be a little twist you don't think of and then you'll get a little bit different ending but yeah it's it's going to be funny you know you already can kind of see where they're going from the trailer here but i i've enjoyed everything about it i'm glad that they're saying that they're done after this because this story doesn't feel like it could be told over five or six seasons so that's just my opinion so dave i know you did you watch it or did you avoid it because you didn't want to be spoiled no, no, I watched it. I know you've to, you've told me about like season one where they come ever so close and and don't succeed that sort of thing, you know. And I I think that's kind of if I understand your you know I know I've heard you and Ray talk about it. That's kind of the theme 
coming very close, but never quite getting there. And even the theme song for the trailer, you can't always get what you want, you know, that sort of thing. So it kind of foreshadows where the show has been going so far. But I mean, I know you guys are excited. It's the final season. Uh, everything I've seen about this show so far is a- absolutely fantastic. It's the main reason I got Apple TV. Um, so yeah, I, I nothing spoiled. I'm just um, curious to see what you guys end up thinking of it once it comes out. Yeah. Um, did you, I, I know you haven't watched the show and so I'm not going to ask you to like comment on it, but um, if I could do one thing, I, I really would recommend this program to check out whether, and, and it may be like, I know Apple TV it's kind of one of those things that it's a, it's it's that subscription service that that kind of is like the last one people might get. Um, it's not one of the big three, you know, the Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu sort of train, uh, though you can bundle Disney Plus and Hulu now. Uh, but it's it's it was such a good it was such a good show right out of the right out the gate from the pandemic during the pandemic. That, that just kind of gave people good vibes. And it's been that way for, you know, for the last couple of shows. This is one of those shows where you just actually feel better when you watch it. So that is my plug. Yes, Tony, what are you laughing about? I was just thinking about what you could bundle with the cock. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. You know, there are times. Yeah. Basically, what what this tells me is that it's time to leave the trailer park and take our first commercial break. That's what that told me. And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a bunch of casting news that's happened around the nerdosphere. Get our thoughts on some upcoming films and TV shows. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. We have gone through the trailer park we're now going to go into some news around the nerdosphere for for what it is and like i mentioned at the top of the show not a lot of news news really to talk about like there's no i don't know it's been a long time guys since we've had to get up in arms over wb slash hbo slash discovery fire sailing their properties you know ron DeSantis took over disney world a little bit uh, with his Reed Creek improvement project bill he tried till the lawsuits. Happened. No, he did. Well, he oh, did. Going to get he, sued. He signed that, it into they're they're going to get that's no, that's never going to. He's be already appointed his board. It's it's a thing. It's going to so, go down in flames. Trust me. <laughs> okay, I um, live in Florida and I vaguely know what you guys are talking about. Oh well, basically, Ron DeSantis got mad at Bob Iger or not Bob Iger, um, Bob Chapek for initially dragging his feet on the don't say gay bill before coming out against it in support of his staff. Ron DeSantis went, I'm mad at you for going against my don't say gay bill. So I'm going to take away your self-governance and call okay, the special session that. of Congress 
to uh, of the state government to literally because he was mad at Bob Chapek, uh disband the uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement uh, District, which allowed Disney to kind of expand and grow as necessary and maintain its own infrastructure and replace it with his own five-person Republican-appointed board to make decisions. Now, it's got two years before it fully goes into effect, but he signed it into law and has immediately made moves on it. It's been, uh, I don't know, it's been a thing. But Hey, DJ, like guess who gets to pay for all that shit, too? You well, we do. That much I know. That's right. That was the little bit of the story he already knew about, guys. Is this going to cost so, me money? That's my first yes, and foremost. It it's absolutely probably it going to cost you money. Until Disney they, uh, sues back walk- and challenges the constitutionality well, of all this shit. Well, here's the thing is they walked back on it a little bit because initially it was supposed to be um, they were going to dissolve it completely and hand it over to the counties. And instead of dissolving it completely, they kept it in place, renamed it and just DeSantis or whoever's governor gets to a, a point who gets to be the decision makers. So it's a politically we'll stupid see. move on his part. But hey. Have fun while it lasts. Yeah, well, the, well, clock anyways, is, the clock is ticking on that guy. Right. Well, what we are going to, well, we're going to not talk about that, though. What we are going to talk about is we're going to talk about some movie projects that are coming up and some casting news that have hit uh, hit the news this past week. And we're going to start with Seth Rogen's take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, it's a movie that's coming out on August 4th that uh, it's called Teenage Mutant TMNT Mutant Mayhem. And... During the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards, Rogan formally announced the main cast for the upcoming Mutant Mayhem film he's executive producing. So voicing the heroes in a half shell are actors Micah Abbey from the TV show Meet the Voxels as Donatello, Nicholas Cantu from The Fablemans as Leonardo, Shimon Brown Jr. from The Shy as Michelangelo, and Brady Noon from The Mighty Ducks Game Changers as Raphael. Jackie Chan will be voicing Master Splinter, and Ayo, what is that, Itabiri, will portray their longtime human ally, April O'Neil. Bebop and Rocksteady have also been cast with uh, John Cena as Rocksteady, Seth Rogen as Bebop. Uh, actually, looking at this is a nuts role of voices for the villains. Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog. Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Did you want to? Did you want to read off these folks, Tony? That no, no, Nata- no. no. You, I have a trivia question when you're done. Natasha Timitrio as Wingnut. Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Ultram. Post Malone as Ray Filet. Ice Cube as Superfly, who appears to be an original creation for the film, and Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. Not listed. The Shredder or Krang? Do you guys know Thought. the last? Re- you know the last oh, wrestlers ahead. that were uh, portraying uh, any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters? Seamus. Seamus was uh, Rocksteady, and then or Bebop, one of the two, and then um, Kevin Nash was actually Super Shredder back in TMNT Two: The Secret of Secret the Ooze. Thank you. See, when the questions aren't involving synchronized swimming, we know the answers, Tony. Just throw that <laughs> out there. So, 
here's the thing. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise has just been put out, re-put out, rebooted, redone over and over and over and over and over again since the first animated series hit the the airways back in 88, I want to say 88, 89, whatever that was. Um, what do we think about, like, this cast is loaded, so I have no doubt that there's talent. Do we trust Seth Rogen with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem animation? We get a trailer on Monday the 6th, so as this is airing, the trailer will come out on Monday, and we'll probably talk about it the following Sunday. So uh, thoughts uh, on... One, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and and two, just uh, thoughts on Seth Rogen leading the charge this time around. Uh, Tony, go. I seen the original movies from the late 80s in the theater. Loved it. Loved the stories. Loved the video game. The video game was awesome for Super Nintendo. It was kind of the arcade version, too, where you could pick whichever turtle you wanted to be. You got all the other movies in between, but it's always something cool to, to watch on the big screen, right? Like they're kind of like a main attraction event, like in professional wrestling, it's kind of like a group of guys that you really just want to go and see. Um, I trust Seth Rogen. That guy has connected with a bunch of different audiences. If you think about a lot of the work he's done over the past decade and decade and a half, it's not just dick and fart jokes. He's done some other things. Look at like the Barbara Streisand movie he did. Um, and then, uh, obviously he's got a passion for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Jackie Chan playing Splinter is amazing. Um, I do believe it. That's the main kid from Mighty Ducks doing one of the voices as well. So yep. this, this is just going to be really good. I'm going to have to check this out in whatever form or fashion I can. DJ, your thoughts. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think Seth Rogen has a, uh, a finger on the kind of the nerd pulse. So I think he's he's got a good idea as to what he wants to do with it. Do you um, do you think Seth Rogen's turning into the new Kevin Smith kind of as far as like the that part of people like in his genre following him like he's kind of taking over that younger audience? I, I think he is. I think he, he's he's grabbing onto that. I, I am like I said. I'm going to wait for the the next trailer. I, like I said about Peter Pan, Peter and Wendy. I'm not. I wasn't necessarily pining for another. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, especially not after the disasters that were the Michael Bay ones. Um, I hope that we get a little bit more serious and dark kind of take on this. I, I, I want a bit more because the last movies, while they were fun, not not necessarily the Michael Bay ones, but the, the ones that came out in the 80s, they were fun, but they were a little silly and a little slapstick. And I think I like I'd like to like it to feel a little more gritty, like some of the comics did. Yeah, I got I got faith in Seth Rogen to do this. I mean, they, they like just looking at the cast of this thing. It, it seems impossible for it to fail with all that going on, with that much talent. And I, I think, like like I agree with DJ, I, I'd like to see a, a little different uh, take on the on the turtles. You know, kind of modernize them a little bit, make them a little bit grittier, a little bit more you know down to earth, um, that sort of thing. Then. Yeah, the Michael Bay stuff is just like, what is going on here? But uh, you probably reserve judgment until tomorrow. See the trailer, see how it feels, see how it looks, and see what they've got going on. But, you know, I, I think Seth Rogen's got what it takes. The cast is certainly there. He's got all, he has got all the tools to make a successful movie here. Lord knows we need another dark and gritty reboot. Can we get a bandwagon? <laughs> oh, we got nerds? him drinking. Here he goes. He's there you can go. we be sucking it down now. <laughs> 
Patrick, you already said we're going to review the trailer next week. Why don't we put out a bandwagon nerds poll this week on whether or not people like the trailer and looking forward to seeing it. Sure. You have access to the account. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I, in the middle of saying that, I realized I volunteered myself and. And Tony just got haul and told. See, see, I, it's amazing. Yeah. Just a little bit of scotch goes a long way. Oh, right, Pat? Oh, Listen, I voluntold a lot of people so as well, so I deserve this one. Voluntold? Is that like I mean, being debtor? Just whatever you do, Dave, make sure everything gets out by 6 a.m., okay? Um, all right. We'll uh, – uh, that, right that went right over his head. Dave, oh. 8 a.m. Tony chastised us. us. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. I yelled at Greg, too. I yelled at Greg, too, so don't feel like, you know – yeah, but Greg no just ignores you. Greg ignores you. Yeah, so. Greg's going to do whatever he wants anyway. No, he responded right away. And oh, was yeah. actually, yeah, yeah, he was a lot better about it than than you guys were. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just jump into what? character. Time is a, time is a flat circle. I mean, I'm just That's saying, I, like it's. You know what? I wasn't going to bring it up either, but Patrick, when you post something, you need to add featured and featured big into your tags, otherwise you won't be on the top side of the website either oh i don't really care about your tags sir it's it's to benefit your show and its placement yeah this show sells itself it's fine i'm just kidding uh don't even remember why i don't even remember how those got deleted out they used to be in the copy and paste tags for podcast list that i must have messed it up um anyway all of that is to say um i lost my train of thought and we're just going to skip. We're going to move on to the next topic since I lost my train of thought. We're going to try and keep making Hellboy a thing, guys. That's the, that's the other thing that's coming up. And I already DJ's already shaking his head. So I want to like Hellboy movies. I do. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Ron Perlman movies. I, the, the David Harbour one was very meh. We've got another one coming. Hellboy the Crooked Man. Uh, we've had a couple of casting announcements for this film as well, as it was announced earlier this week. Jack uh, Kessie, is that how you say his name, uh, was the new Hellboy, uh, or has been cast as the new um, Hellboy, and that he's been cast alongside Jefferson White and Adeline Rudolph. Uh, we we do, I don't know much about the comic, uh, the Crooked Man story. Uh so I will I will turn this over to you guys. Jefferson White will be playing the role of Tom Farrell, who in the co- in, 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 who is I guess the one of the he's the human companion that hangs out with Hellboy in the 1950s. Uh, so I don't know what 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 is it going to take to make a good Hellboy movie? David Ungar, I'll start with you this time. Uh, Tony, I, I know the answer I, for Tony is it's got to be in 3D. Well, that, yeah, I mean that that might that might go a long way. Um, yeah, casting is one thing; they got to have the right story, and it's 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 not, it's just not the easiest of properties to integrate into into something that's going to really grab people's attention. I don't think. I, I mean, I I like Hellboy; it's not one of my favorites, but you got to get the right story and the right sort of. I don't know something that you're presenting to to the audience in a way that's going to invest them in this, especially in this day and age where you've got these massive, you know, huge cataclysmic comic book based movies and and Hellboy's um eh, not not I mean sort of that way, but not not 
you know, you compare it to stuff like uh, Quantum Mania or anything that some of the um, over the top stuff DC's doing. So I don't know. I, I don't know what they can do. I think it's got to start with story. Story goes a long way. Casting goes a long way. And just, you know, how they're presenting it to the audience. But yeah, I, I'm like you, Pat. I'd like to see Hellboy succeed. I'd like to see a Hellboy property that I'm interested in. Uh, is this it? Nah, I don't know, man. Oh, DJ, is this it? Can this uh, work? I, I don't know. Uh, I enjoyed the Ron Perlman Hellboy movies. I'm still gutted we didn't get a third one. Uh, they were what they were, but I wanted to see a conclusion to that trilogy. Didn't watch the David Harbour one, uh, just for no reason, just because I'm still bitter that we didn't get a third Ron Perlman. Um, here's the thing with the Hellboy movies. Hellboy as a comic property while big for what it is, it still hits a niche audience. He's not like Captain America, Batman, anybody like that. So any expectation of any mainstream crossover appeal really should be kept low. Uh, we can't expect this to be a Marvel-esque type return on your investment. And, and if you set those expectations low and if you can keep the budget somewhere where the film makes money, as well as you know, obviously creating a good story and good casting – then you've got a property that you can turn into something. Uh, but beyond that, I just I have very low expectations for any Hellboy movie being some grand, grand thing. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I think this could be a fun movie that is solid, but I don't know that it's going to set the world on fire at all. And it's not necessarily, like, I don't say that to be a knock on on the property it just seems like i don't know man it's like you said i think niche is a good way to describe it um because it should be it should be better than what it is and it's just or I, I don't think it should be better than what it is i don't think that's what i'm trying to say i just i think it's i don't know how do i say this in a nice way say it in a bad way then well, I don't want to say it in a bad way, though. Like I want to, like I'm trying to be fair to the because pro- it's not a bad, it's not a bad property, it's not a bad show, it's not a bad, like it's not. It's just it's difficult to put it in in a in a posture where it's going to appeal to the masses. You know, that's that's how I've always right. looked at it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. It's very much. I think that's definitely what I'm trying to get at here is that it it could be better than what it is. Um. And maybe it'll do great. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Um, We'll just have to, I guess, we'll just have to wait and see. So, all right. Let's move on. We head into our last topic. Um, We've known that this is coming for a while. This is another one of those things that some people are excited about, others maybe less so. Um, And that is the Penguin series. But we got some more casting news out of the Penguin this series, it's going to be led by Colin Farrell, uh, reprising his role from the Batman, playing uh, playing the Penguin. But we got an announcement that um, Clancy Brown has joined the cast as Salvatore Maroni. It's worth noting in the comics, Maroni was responsible for throwing acid at Harvey Dent, and that led Dent to become Two Face. Maybe this is an, a way to uh, uh, pulling this off of the Nerdist article. This could be a way to introduce the character into the Batman world. I, I don't know if that'll happen, but we'll have to see. Um, but Clancy Brown, I'll sign up for that casting just about any day of the week on a show. And so, DJ, you're nodding your thoughts on this casting news 
And I know you were not big on the Matt Reeves, the Batman film. Correct? Like you, you were, you were very tepid at best. I I was. I was lukewarm to it, and which is disappointing because I loved Matt Reeves' uh, Planet of the Apes movies. Like absolutely loved them. So I was excited when I heard he was, you know, disappointed that he and Ben Affleck couldn't get something together, and was obviously just me being me was extremely disappointed in the in the casting of Batman. But I went to see it. Um, you know, my feelings about that movie, you know, notwithstanding, uh, Clancy Brown sells me a ticket. You know, let, let's start off there. Um, so this already has my my attention. And because I do like to play in a universe, even if I didn't care for the movie, there were things about it I liked. I'd like to see where they go with a Colin Farrell penguin. And it, it's expanding that universe. And who knows? Maybe I'll see this. Maybe I'll enjoy this. And it'll pull me back into this Matt Reeves Spider-Man universe that he's created and maybe watching it again or looking at it differently, I'll form a different opinion on it. Tony, your thoughts on the Clancy, Bla- Clancy Brown casting for, uh, for the penguin. Yeah, I think it's excellent. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what they do with this property as far as this is a HBO max uh, series, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told the story many times Colin Farrell's coming back playing this role, you know, from the movie and, and Aesop and I literally walked out of the movie and looked at each other. Like, I can't believe that was Colin Farrell. So, um, I think the way they're going with this and, and, you know, we always talk about the casting. I think, I think all of us are, are pretty green light on what's happening here. Absolutely. Dave, go ahead. You too. From the standpoint of casting, I, I think it's it's a great move. It's it, it's a great casting call. He's uh, as far as playing Maroney, yeah that 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 lines up. That adds up. I, I think my thing is this series, um, and, and we know that this has been earmarked Elseworlds, according to James Gunn's plan for the DC universe. My only concern with this, like Tony's saying, we're all looking forward to this. I think even DJ's looking forward to this. His his opinions about Matt Reeves Batman, you know, he's tepid on that. That that's fine. That's his opinion. I think we were all much higher on it. My concern with this is that Batman is so popular and so over, and a lot of people did like uh Matt Reeves Batman that doing a series like this, labeling it else worlds before any of gun stuff comes out, to me creates the risk that this franchise that's over here on the left not part of the canon elseworlds starts to overshadow anything that gun is going to be trying to do moving forward and and batman is a popular enough property colin farrell's performance strong enough that you start wanting to say wow you know how much momentum does this thing carry and does it start to detract away from what gun is trying to do i think that's a real risk no there's, i i don't there's, think there's a risk to that at all i but, i really disagree with that we're not going to see batman in gun and saffron's universe for a while though so here's the thing i, I think the think we are dave do you think we are in in the penguin i, I think you'll see you'll see him in the no penguin. No, I'm oh, talking Gun about Gun and Saffron's in, universe. No, yes, no. that's what I'm saying. Not till that's not till why. they do. They're going to do the story about Damian Wayne somewhere down the line. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. It's so it's going to be so far disconnected if they want it to be. I I don't I don't think I don't think it becomes a thing unless these for like this first foray for Gun and Saffron lay lay some eggs. 
Like I, I wouldn't worry about it unless these movies lay some eggs. And we we don't know where it's gonna go. I I'm not too concerned about a villain central series on HBO Max messing with Gunn's plan. If for no other reason than he he's been pretty adamant about staying the course. So I I don't know about that. I don't think it's gonna be a problem. I think if the if the shows are great and it works and the movie story continues to be able to be told by Matt Reeves the way he wants it to be told. And, uh, you know, we get our, whatever our trilogy out of it, then that'll be that. And, and we'll just, you know, that'll just not be in that continuity. I think a lay fan, like a not bandwagon nerds cast member, uh, might, might be confused. It might ask why this character isn't here or there, but I, I don't think that, most folks are going to care too much. I don't even know how many folks are going to watch this series. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who's, I don't know how it's going to do. I know we'll watch it. We'll talk about it. Um, you know, maybe not as a, as a breakdown thing, but we'll definitely talk about the show. Maybe we'll give it the, the last of us treatment or something like that. But I just, I'm not worried about that, Dave. I think that, I, I think that it's all, it's all incumbent on these first original Saffron and Gun. DCU products to make us not care about Matt Reeves, Batman. If that makes sense. I think everybody's people are going to care about Matt Reeves, Batman. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, line in the sand. You're supporting one or the other. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is they're not going to clamor to have it in the universe or be like, why isn't this a part of the universe? If Gunn and Saffron, you know, don't lay an egg. They just need to not lay an egg. And I think Tony's Everybody's got, laid an egg with this stuff. Tony's got a point that we're not going to see Batman and Gun and Saffron's universe for a while. And by the time, by the time he does show up, hopefully these things are all fleshed out to the point that they don't create any more. Like you know, even Zasloff was saying when they first did this, there's too many, too much Batman, too many Batman. You know that sort of thing. So I, you know, I'm just concerned that we go down that path again. You don't want too many Batman. It's it just confuses everything. And if if your focus is continuity, everything's connected. But how many Batman are we connecting? And that sort of thing. Yeah, it's but when you, you can use the um, multiverse type um, argument, but your average moviegoer doesn't give a shit about the multiverse. Not if you're just trying right. to throw it out there. They're, they're really going to like they've got Michael Keaton's Batman. You've got Ben Affleck's Batman. You've got Matt Reeves Batman. And, you know, it's like, what are we doing? Which one is the Batman that I need to associate with this particular universe your average fan is going to be all over the road with it. I don't know. I think enough people have seen Back to the Future where they'll be okay with connecting those dots. I think we need to put a little more faith in society here. In these I have kinds. zero faith in society. Faith in society? In these, kind of, <laughs> in these kind of situations, I added, importantly. Pat, okay. Go ahead, Pat. You don't have to be silent. I was just letting it marinate, I was just letting it marinate for a little bit. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. I mean. He's I marinating mean, it with scotch. So there <laughs> marinating his liver. It's warming the chest. That's what it's doing. All right. We're going to take our second commercial break. When we come back, we're going to finally break down the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. The Millennium Mandalorian. Three, episode yes. one. Yes. We're going to talk some Grogu. We're going to talk some uh, uh, Din. We're going to talk some Bo-Katan. We're going to talk some Grief. What's his name? Uh, we're going to do all of that. Uh, but before we get to our recorded commercials, it is my duty to remind you that if you enjoy awkward silence while I let bad thoughts marinate on the Bandwagon Nerds podcast, if you like when I berate 
uh, Dave for his terrible opinions about Star Wars. If you enjoy basically the content that we put out, uh, like if you are one of the three people that listens to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast and you enjoy it and you want to keep supporting it, then head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in a chair shot shirt. We have all kinds of designs to choose from, including the Bandwagon Nerds official shirt of the podcast. I own one and I think it's the only one we've ever sold. So I'd love to get two. Somebody else buy one, please. I'm begging you. Maybe even three. You know, splurge. They're only $19.99 a piece. Or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. Your body will thank you. We love putting this content out for you each and every day of the week. And we can only do that with your support. So again, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in us. And we will continue to bring you this wonderful content every single day. When we come back, all of our thoughts on The Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. All right, welcome back, gentlemen. It's been a while, but we're back. He's back. Mando is back. And if we're going to do this, we got to do this right and get in with some music that may or may not be copyrighted, but we're still going to play it. So let's hit that beautiful Mandalorian music. No banjo. Let's put it away. Music's the been played. Banjo. Oh, the no, banjo. The music's been played. Trademark pending. There's there, there is no there is no banjo, uh, banjo in the Mandalorian. Music. Yeah. There's it's no banjo on Mandalore. Tony. Silence. I'm about to mute you. A hologram banjo. of Kenny Loggins plays the Mandalorian. <laughs> You make it so hard to like you sometimes. Um, all right. This episode was 25 minutes long, and I would call it the definition of a groundwork episode. Like, literally, this is laying the fa- like laying the foundation for the entire season moving forward as we start to follow Mando and his quest for atonement. And I'm willing to venture reluctant leadership of a band of Mandalorians. We got some Grogu action. I, I personally did love um, Grogu hugging the little mechanic creatures and thinking they were pets. That was cute. We got some cute Grogu stuff. We got some great action with the biggest space alligator you've ever seen. 
We got Bo-Katan looking all miserable and mopey. I'm sure she'll be rallying later as I've seen the trailers. And you know, we got a little bit of everything. Everybody, we got uh, we got the armorer back for this episode to kind of set the stage. We got Grief Karga back to give us an explanation as to what he's been do- what he's been up to, including my uh, my favorite my favorite where they Simpsoned. Um, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, Cara Dune, and basically we're like, she's gone now, like. The kind of the she, way they got rid of Pucci. She joined she the special, special forces. Yes. She yes. joined the special forces. <laughs> so she's she's not dead, but she's still around. Like, so yeah. like, it was Happy Days. It was it yes. was uh, the oldest son from Happy Days. Joining the army or whatever. Richie's brother. Is that what yeah. he did? I mean, yeah, if we Rich, I mean, everything's stolen from Steve Allen. So let's get let's drop it down. So. We'll go. We'll, we'll just do a quick once around. Don't go into details, Dave, because I know when I do this, you'll talk for thirty minutes. When I just want that's, your that's quick Ray, stop more than me nowadays. So. Bullshit, you do it too. I, Ray does I, as well. But just initial reactions to the episode while I continue to numb the pain of you guys talking. Uh, we'll start with PC Tony this time because it's all Star Wars. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm interested on the path we're gonna we're gonna carry. It's interesting though that he met up with um who I can't remember her name, but um Bokatan Bokatan yeah. Bokatan. Yeah. Um she had nothing better to do to just be sitting there. That was kind of like that was like one bad thing for me. Like, okay, oh she's just sitting there. She's just kind of hanging out, whatever. Uh but I'm interested to see him go back to Mandalore and, and, and find out if he can, you know, redeem himself. How Grogu's going to help along the way? What are the things we're going to see? The other thing I was disappointed in it was like that whole starship battle out in the meteor strip or whatever, and then all of a sudden it With was the pirates, like, well, yeah. yeah, I'll just press this button because the big ship's here, and then I'm gone. So that was like, all right, well, yeah, all right, cool. But all in all, love it. I'm trying not to dislike shows as much as i have been as they move along in seasons because for me unfortunately i feel like it's been a pattern and i'm not that person really if you think about all the sitcoms i love from the past i love it more as we get into the story so i'm here i mean hopefully not everything can be umbrella academy season two so uh, listen or lock let's just hold- season three. Oh god that's fine if you if you want me to throw up and stop talking i guess that's just what i'll do now Oh, don't don't get all surly, Dave. How did you feel about this first episode? Um, force whales. I, I'll just leave it kind of as that. Force whales. That's and and you know I thought the thing about the people about the length. I just thought I don't care about the twenty five minutes. It's just my only complaint was that right when it got going and you got into it, it was over. It's like oh shit, you know. So that was my only. only Almost issue as with, if it's an episodic television it program. Is, it is. It's part. That was the best part before I had to throw up in my mouth. Uh, it, it was the best part. Yes. The ending, but it, it, it's what you want. This is the first eight minutes instead of 15 minutes. Sometimes on a wrestling show, when you go to commercial, right? It's always the first 15. Well, this was the first eight. And now that next 45 is going to be sick as fuck. Agreed. TJ. Oh, oh, before we get into it. 
it was good. It was. I didn't think it was too short. I didn't think it was too long. I mean, I did find it a little odd that they didn't have a longer uh, season opener, but I wasn't bothered by it. I think it uh, set the it set several different balls in play. The the main story being his redemption arc. But then you know you've got you know Bo-Katan, What happened to her? I agree with Tunny. She was awful for somebody who's supposed to be brooding. That castle was awful clean. Like I expected this right. place to look lived in, a uh, little, little, little messy, and she's just trying to chill back. Like, you know, what's up? Yeah, this sucks. My team's gone. I'm by myself. It's all yours. Um, but all, so, all so it all. So she though, handles. Man. So she handles depression a little bit differently. <laughs> um, I, you know, we've all got our thing, and, and I guess that's that's Bo-Katan's thing. She keeps a clean castle while lounging in a throne, all sad. Um, Dave, you brought up force whales. Do you want to clue everybody in on the connection uh, of seeing those force whales in the uh, while they're traveling at light speed and why that could be important? Yeah, what are, do you remember what they're actually called? It's a name that starts with a P. I don't remember what they're. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're from Star Wars Rebels, right? right? So they're they're in Rebels, and and I think timeline wise, where this show takes place in the Star Wars. Uh, chronology is is after rebels because ahsoka you know ahsoka tano is uh uh you know she's obviously you know she's at this point she's an older jedi than she was at the end of rebels but two main characters called pergil pergil Pergil. thank you pergil so you know at the end of rebels ahsoka faces off against darth vader but the other thing going on is that two huge characters in the rebels chronology the rebels storyline Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn name we've heard before both disappear into the force with these force whales, these purgils like you're saying, and no one knows where they went. So the fact that they, that Grogu while, while Din is asleep in there in hyperspace sees the force whales out there significantly raises the possibility. And we've heard rumors about this, that we're going to see Ezra and we're going to see Thrawn in Mandalorian season three. And if that's where we're going, then this is going to be quite possibly, you know, with the exception of the end of uh, season two, which is going to be awfully hard to top. This could be a really, really strong season of the Mandalorian. So that's why I'm excited about that development. I think we always thought Thrawn is coming. Thrawn is coming. You're going to give me Ezra as well. That's going to be something. Well, cool. and re- remember the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series is supposed to focus right. on Thrawn. Like that's supposed to be where Thrawn comes into play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm much more interested in the journey that they set up for Din. Um, I think that the, the one thing that I, I'm, I'm also intrigued by is, what do they do with Grogu now? Because Grogu was the focus of the first two, first two seasons in the sense of everybody being after him. You know, now they, they seem to be their family of two, right? That's what they are. Clan of two, is the way that they're described. What is Grogu's story going to be in season three? Because we really didn't get much of that. Uh, we got some cute Grogu moments, and, and that was really kind of it. You know, like people referred to Grogu, he was around, but there wasn't much more to it than that. Tony, go ahead. This is the main story arc of, of this season. It's not about the Mandalorian, it's not about him going back and, and redeeming himself. It's about Grogu gaining his powers because if you think about you watching the trailers, it's him coming out of this cave, blasting someone that looks like he was after him out. 
So if you think about the end of this episode and you think about like the, what what are they called? Babu? What was it? Babu Frick? Babu Frick from yeah. Rise of Skywalker. That's where we originally yeah. seen these little guys. He's hugging them, and you got it behind you, Patrick, in a, in a super cute scene. And Mando Mando says, "Like I apologize. He he's young, right? Well, I think the arc of this story, the most important thing that happens is Grogu becomes powerful and realizes." what's going on and and turns into something of a mandalorian maybe because that's why he came back um in addition you also have him in these early parts where mando's explaining things to people where grogu's looking back and forth and basically understanding what's going on so i think grogu is a bigger part than you think and i think it's all about him and the arc of him being young to him getting some experience of being a really powerful creature I don't know that I don't think he's going to be important. I'm just interested to know what his story is going to be. You know what I mean? I like just, that's what I just I, told you. I just told you. <laughs> uh, you told him you speculated, which is fine. Well, here's here's right. one thing I want to Tony. throw out about Grogu before I turn it over to to DJ is <clears throat> is we know the species that he comes from ages very slowly. You know, hence Leota's 900 year lifespan. At some point, Grogu's got to get older a little bit, right? And and stop you cut, using the baby talk. Well, it just as a, as a as a character and as a species, he's got to kind of grow a little bit older. Tony's talking about. I agree, he's going to gain force powers. He's going to get more powerful. The thing that's that you got to keep in mind is that one of the issues that Jedi have and what led to Anakin's downfall is that attachment. And we know Grogu's got this attachment to Din. So as he grows more powerful, will that attachment tend to lead him down a darker path? Um, well, he's not a Jedi. He's not. But anybody involved with the Force, attachments a, is generally frowned upon. So I don't know if that leads to uh, any place that we're going to go with this. But I, I do think Tunny is onto something that a lot of this series, this season is going to focus on, on Grogu's evolution. And growing more powerful, and the stuff he picked up from Luke while he was there on uh, whatever planet that was in, in Boba Fett. So we'll see. I'll say this after one one episode, and then I'll let. I'll, that's all I have to say for the rest of this conversation. Really, is that Mando puts Grogu ahead of himself, and sa- and and sacrifices like becoming clean in in the Mandalorian lore again, so that Grogu can become more powerful or whatever. I think that's where we're headed. I think that's the end game here. Okay. I think uh, I would be okay if they Grogu's story was kind of like a side story, because right now I'm really invested in Mando's redemption. Like to me, that should be the main focus of the season, but Grogu's um, maturity should definitely be something that they play with at this point. We're on our third season. He's been cute and cuddly for two seasons um, it's time to move this character up to the next level. I think that's maturity. I think that's awareness. And, and you know, I, hopefully by the end of this season, we get a much more evolved version of Grogu. Well, the cute has been cute and it's been fun. If we're going to do anything with this character, season three has got to be where we start to turn the corner on that. You guys think we get a time jump anywhere in this season to kind of age him a little bit? Eh, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? No. They don't have a lot of Probably time to play not. with, though, because, you know, you're talking about this area era before uh, the sequel trilogy starts up is only what, like 20 years or something, right? 
Maybe he's maybe he's walking by the end of the season instead of in the in the egg pod. Well, he's certainly not going to get any taller. So, right? No, I. Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, as I like to say, we got to let him marinate. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know we've talked about this a little bit here and there. Any qualms with the length of the episode? No. Why no. do you think people? Why do you think people have this strange ex- expectation for amount of time for a show? That has never had a set runtime for episodes. If you go back and look at the seasons, episode length is all over the place for The Mandalorian. Why did this one bother people so much? Unrealistic expectations. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah. people want to play in this universe, and The Mandalorian has been a, an excellent addition to the Star Wars property. And people, I think they want to spend as much time in that universe as they possibly can. So when they only got 25 actual minutes of of playtime, it's like any other kid. You put them on the playground for, you know, what do they want? 20 minutes or 40 minutes on the playground. Yeah. It's a good uh, analogy. I like that. See Ted Lasso trailer. <laughs> See Ted Lasso trailer. Yeah, I, th- I think DJ hit it right on, on the head. It's just that uh, Mandalorian is, is right now. I don't think it's disputable. It's the most popular star Wars franchise that there is. And, you know, it comes back for a third. Huh? No, go ahead, go ahead. No, it comes back for a third season and people are like, oh, that's it. You know, I wanted so much more. And, you know, it, I think unreasonable, unrealistic expectations. You know, they're, you're going to get maybe you'll get longer episodes, maybe not. But as long as they're telling a good story and they did, then can't really complain. So outside reactions are, I, I don't even say outside reactions. I called that outside reactions uh, on the rundown. But, the ever popular X, Y, and Z is the lowest rated blah, blah, blah on Rotten Tomatoes came up this time around for this season premiere. Uh, at least it showed up in my feed. I don't know if it showed up in your yours. We talked about people complaining about the length of the time for the episode. I also saw a fresh article that was whining about the uh, the way people speak in uh in the star wars universe as if that is some indictment on the franchise as well and is hurting it from being a good storytelling element are people just completely pre-mad about stuff sir do you follow wrestling at all i do but (laughs) i I actually don't read a lot of stuff Uh, if you if you listen to me on the greg demarco show i mean there's literally a segment we run on occasion called the Bullshit Internet Wrestling Report of the Week. Like, I'm all about um, not paying attention to the interwebs when it comes to responding to things. Yeah. Um, but but it's I'm something sorry. that I... Well, it's just it's something that we've been talking about a lot on this show, whether it be, you know, the the visceral dislike critically of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, to, you know, uh, this, uh, this show here... Um, trying to remember what was the other one that people just were really mad about Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, everybody take your pick. There's been, yeah, there's been a lot of pre-mad hate on on Marvel in general these days. And and I do believe there's, there's the fatigue there, but it just, I find it really interesting to me that this wasn't an episode that I would have been like, Oh my God, this is the greatest episode of the history of the Mandalorian. But I also get why people were so, so dismissive and angry about it and it's just weird to me that that's what happened some of it may have been the way season two ended i mean that's that that season ender was chef's kiss 
And when you go from that right. to opening season three with a shorter than average episode, um, and then unless you were really paying attention, it doesn't appear like there's a lot going on, even though there is. And we've established that here in, on this show. There was a lot of a lot of things got unpacked in that 25 minutes. But I again, we're coming back to expectations and people not paying attention to the nuances of things. Yeah, really. What 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 could you have done in that episode that would have like you're saying, DJ, you look at the end of season two and yeah, we got the kind of this quasi resolution of that in the book of Boba Fett. But what were you going to do you here? Mean the book of Mandalorian that too. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, what were you going to do in the in the beginning of this of this episode that was going to satisfy those masses who were like, I want an iconic moment like that? Well, you're not going to get that. So give it up. I mean, short of Thrawn showing up in the first episode. Maybe that would have satisfied some people, but. Well, and why do you want to blow the wad in the first episode? Exactly. Why? why okay. Can we, why do we think Thrawn's the guy in this episode or in this season? Like Dave, is that just you speculating or that's, what? That's because I speculating, but I think that that's yeah, a lot of, a lot of people I want don't that. Think, well, they're not going to get it. We know where Thrawn's going to show up. Maybe he shows up tangentially or is mentioned. Well, I think he'll show up this season. We know. But we know where Grand Admiral Thrawn is showing up. He's showing up in the Ahsoka series. They have put that out there. Like, that is not a secret. Tony, go ahead. It's all Star Wars. Do you think the fact that Mando gave up the information that he still has the Darksaber is going to play a a big part of what's going on here? Yes. I think that... I mean, that that scene was so much more relaxed, like we all said, than we wanted it to be or, or, or should have possibly been. So there has to be a lot more to that. Like the dark saber has to have a lot to do with what's going on here. Then, and, and yeah. the other thing is, we are going to get to go to Mandalore and see whether it has been poisoned beyond belief. I mean, that's that's a big deal that they are going to go back to the home planet to see what the there's state of be. it is, to see what the state of the mines are. You know that there's something going on there that that is going sure. to be fleshed out. Good call. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And Tony, why don't you sum this up with your favorite saying and help everybody relax who might be pre-mad about this this show? It's all Star Wars. That's right. It is all Star Wars indeed. Lot to look forward to in this next uh, in this upcoming season. So let's let's just we'll get to it. And a lot of good content hitting theaters streaming services all around the place we've got like like we just talked about before mandalorian season three is up last of us is coming up on its last few episodes that's been a terrific show we're gonna do a reflection on that show once the whole series is dropped uh shazam fury of the gods whether you feel good or not about that is coming out soon dave apparently is shitting all over before it is hit you did the head nod thing, dude. You did the like you you should do you play poker? Because you probably lose a lot. I do play poker <laughs> and I do lose a lot. And but yeah. <laughs> it's because you do this shit with your face when you get your cards. Um, you're like, this oh. card sucks. It's a royal flush. It <laughs> still sucks. Um Tony, were you about to jump in? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons Super and Mario Dragons, Bro- yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Creed just set some records for a sports franchise. Creed did really, really well in the fr- uh, yeah in the theaters this week, which didn't surprise me. That movie looked really good. John of the Majors can write his own checks these days. He's he's freaking ridiculous too. Um, and so we're going to have a lot more to cover 
as the as the spring and the summer really gets kicked into gear. So uh, stay tuned to us. Keep listening because we're going to have it all here for you. Uh, but that's all we're going to reflect on this week. Before we get out of here, we are going to do a once around the table to have everyone remind you where they can be found on the Chair Shot Radio Network as well as on the socials. And this week we will start with Mr. Saturday Night himself, Mr. PC Tony. Follow me at PC Tunney. Uh, make sure you're checking out Chairshot Radio Network. All of your favorite streaming platforms. Really big things going on. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. Newest t-shirt. Mindless Wrestling Podcast. The Big Four has been back lately. That's an attitude of aggression, baby. And of course, don't forget, just recently, Patrick O'Dowd's 5x5 dropping. Uh, great, great podcast. Chairshot Radio Network. There you go. Oh, thank you for the plug. Lawyer David Ungar. Yeah, everything that uh, Mr. Tunney said, you can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G or and I should say and Facebook.com forward slash Attitude of Aggression. And last but certainly, lot, certainly not le- least, good fucking God. This is last, why kids don't drink scotch. But certainly not least. Okay, wait, I'm not... I, I poured the damn drink at the start of this fucking podcast and have barely touched it. Oh, he's I nursing not the hell take... out of it. I know he is. Well, it's, it's a lot of scotch. Yes, I should just pound away. That's that's what we should do here. Anyway, TJ, we didn't get into any fights. We held together. We did pretty not. Well. We did not. We kept it. We kept it clean. We'll save the Snyderverse retrospective for a different bandwagon, nerds. Tell everybody where they can find you out there in the Chairshot Radio Network and on the interwebs. I am one of the three hosts of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, you can find us on the ChairShot Radio Network, thechairshot.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Mindless Pod. And if you want to catch out, catch video clips of the podcast, we are on YouTube at the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. And you can, of course, follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Monday, talking nerdy stuff with this bunch of crazies. Tuesdays, talking hockey with David Ungar. And Wednesdays, talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco Show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now, get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. And relax a little bit on this whole pre-mad thing, people. Entertainment is entertaining. You don't need to get so worked up about it. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the haunted mansion. I am your host, your 
ghost host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery, where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible mortal state. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. <laughs> Which offers you this chilling challenge. To find a way out. <laughs> of course, there's always my way. 